0: listening to Coming Home Podcastle, the only and official podcast of Sportsblog Nation's Newcastle United blog, Coming Home Newcastle. Why not what we want? It all comes to We're, We're not are not fun. Stop it. Why not always make breakfast?
1: Why take yourself new care? We're not far, We're, We're not far from it. it.
0: 27th episode of Coming Home Podcastle. We got back at it and we're still going strong. Um, With me again this week is, with correct names this time, uh, Robert Bishop, the managing editor at ComingHomeNewCastle.com. And how are you doing, Robert?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: You know, I'm doing okay, I think. It's rainy and moderately warm in Georgia, so it's better than other places I could be, I think. Sure.
1: You could be in also, Montana, for example.
0: <laughs> that's true. Or moving to Wyoming, uh, potentially. Uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, it, it seems like <laughs> to me. But um, also joining us again this week is Callum Kane, not Callum Kising or King or any variation thereof. How are you doing this week, Callum?
2: I'm doing very well, thanks. It's nice and sunny and gated today, so it's all good.
0: Excellent. Um, Yeah, so there's that. We're here with you, and we'll just dive right on into it. Uh, Correct names, we got that accomplished. And I just wanted to go ahead at this moment and say that I am... Uh, working on my resume to be the replacement for Alan Pardew, um when and if he is eventually uh, removed from the, the hot seat at Newcastle United. Uh, I downloaded Football Manager 2014 the other day and started unemployed, uh, ended up hired on to MK Dons, they gave me a three thousand dollar or three thousand pound transfer budget and needed to drop about ten thousand pounds in salary. So I feel like it's a very realistic um, <laughs> situation, preparing me for my role at uh, Newcastle United here in the coming days. Um, so uh, I managed to uh, hack off my leading scorer and assist guy. He had like. 18 goals and 22 assists or something in the season, and he's not back with the club for my second season. But anyway, uh, just know that that's coming, um, and I know you all are duly impressed.
1: The good news is that you have six years to perfect your
0: craft. Uh, That's the thing, ironclad contracts, right? Yes. Bulletproof. So, uh, yeah, Um, that's obviously not, uh, not... Factual. Well, I mean, part of it's factual, but I will never be the manager <laughs> at Newcastle United. Of course, I guess it's probably the Party was know. saying that at one point yeah. as well. You don't uh, think that's
1: what he was thinking while he was singing "Glad All Over"?
0: <laughs> I, I wish that thing could be on like permanent loop somewhere where I frequented. You know, somewhere during my day, just that "Glad All Over." Um, just just looped over and over.
1: Like the 80s cafe in uh, Back to the Future 2. <laughs> can you imagine an early 90s cafe with all that neon color and Pardew's haircut and everything else in there on permanent loop? would be great.
0: It would be so good. I, maybe that that's our million dollar even. venture, you yeah. know. Uh, we can go over and somewhere in England or Newcastle's somewhere just set that up. Uh, you think that's a business model that that is uh, destined for success over there, Callum? Uh,
2: with cafe, cafe, cafe with on lights, um, on a Friday night I could see you making you know, a fair amount. You, you just go wherever well a bright lights so, or if you've got the brightest lights, millions straight away. There
1: you go. <laughs> yeah. You could sell $50 Pepsis.
0: <laughs> Very good. Um, you know, I just picked this out because I was uh, looking around before we were recording and I, I saw this and it just seemed a little ludicrous to me. Oh, I remember why. Because um, one of our sister sites on on SB Nation in, in the soccer Premier League um, genre is using football direct news as a reputable source or at least a linkable source in their their links, and I kind of got a good laugh at that because we tend to not look at them as being our preferred um, provider, but apparently Franz Beckenbauer is having a SAD that Pep Guardiola Guardiola is doing Barcelona things at Bayern, and um, I just... What did he think was going to happen? Does does this yeah. seem as as odd and strange of a story to you guys as it does to me?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, I mean Bayern, they're they're they look on track to win the Champions League. Um,
0: they're twenty points clear. <coughs>
1: um, oh, in the Bundesliga, they're in the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it's jealousy a little bit, but beggars can't be choosers, right? i'd I'd keep Alan Pardew for the duration of his contract if we could be twenty points clear at the top of the premier League
2: I well,
1: just us not get crazy i mean
2: i, I understand what Ben is saying I think Guardiola style football are boring. passing just constantly passing it around. I see where he's coming from, but twenty points clear i I take it
0: yeah i mean isn't isn't it a little bit of a Machiavellian situation since so, the ends justify the means a little bit
1: we think we worry a little bit too much about the style that we play. People, I, I don't know. Um, whatever, whatever gets you there, you know. Um, tactics change all the time. Just. I mean, I don't, I, I don't see the problem.
2: I mean, it obviously works for style of football, but it's just it, it's far too slow for me. It's just I just lose interest when I just see them passing around the eighteen yard box. It, it just it's not for me.
1: Well, the, I mean, yesterday, for example, they were playing. Arsenal, up, up two goals, and what, I mean, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to, you keep possession, you win. Um, yeah. It, it works, you know, so, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, what's funny is the same people who hate that will also say something about, you know, um, Tony Pulis' system, for example. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, whatever I don't you don't there's there's plenty of football to watch if you don't like, like a certain team style find another team and watch them <laughs> you know and I know I know Beckenbauer's got ties um, so obviously he's gonna be a buyer guy but your team is is look at the success they're having just enjoy it
0: I mean if we were European champions and 20 points clear at the top of the Premier League the following season and looking to repeat as European champions, I, I think that, I mean, dare I say, I would take Tony Pulis' hoofball.
1: Yeah, if, if that's what it takes. You know, I, I sometimes think the people that say this, they would be satisfied with, with eighth place and football they could watch. Not saying that Newcastle has football you can watch, but um, <laughs> they'd rather watch good football and be in eighth place than have their team win. I just, I, I can't get behind that, and you know what, maybe that's just uh, me being intolerant of somebody else's preferences or something, but um, this is just silly
0: to me. Yeah, I, I I agree. I It just seemed odd to me, um, but I would like an explanation for the comment that was added here. It Says uh, Robert that you're sad that Robin is still doing Robin things at Bayern. Uh, uh...
1: Well, if you didn't see yesterday's match, then you might not understand. But he f- he flopped in the box th- th- on three separate occasions, and maybe could have been booked for all, e- each of the three. Um, that's all I meant. I'm I'm just uh, the team makes me angry, and Robin is just one reason why.
0: Fair enough. Okay, to the mailbag. And I turn it over to you, Robert.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, Let me bring it up real quick. Thank you. Okay, we've got uh, two questions and two predictions as I solicited questions and predictions for this weekend's match. Uh, Let's do the questions first. Uh, This is at JoeDodger17 who um, says that either Joe or Jose is is okay. So um, we were just fine last week. Um, After three matches... Uh, how clo- So this is concerning uh, Pardue's ban. And uh, if you didn't know, he got banned uh, seven matches. Three of those are full stadium ban, and then next four are a touchline ban. Um, and so he's wondering after the three matches full stadium ban, how close is Pardue allowed to be to the pitch? He's banned from the touchline. Um, I guess he's asking, is he allowed to be in the dugout, or does he have to sit in the stands, or, or what? Uh, And my understanding is that he can't be in the dugout. Is that uh, that what you understand as well, Um, Uh, Callum, I guess?
2: (laughs) I I, I just assumed you would go up to the director's box. Yeah. Sit up there with a walkie-talkie.
1: Right.
0: Which essentially changes nothing except for the fact that he can't uh, tell a manager to shut their noise or um, headbutt players. I mean... But think my answer
1: answer certainly part of it, yeah.
0: If we're being flippant about it, which I always am, is after okay. three matches, how close is Pardew allowed to the pitch? And I say too close.
2: <laughs>
0: Very good.
2: The, the thing is with touchline bands, if if you go to the director's box, uh-huh. I'd say it's probably a bit better because you've got a better view of the pitch. you can see more of what's right. going on. So I think I think the, I, the whole idea of dugouts is is a bit...
1: Yeah, it's sort of like in American football, the coordinator who will be up in the press box looking down to get a better view. Yeah, um, and he'll use the radio. Um, so that's, that's that. And we have another question that's related to the same thing. So I'll just jump into it. This is from Steve O'Donnell one at Steve O'Donnell one. I think I'm getting his name right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, he's from Nebraska. Uh, how do you think John Carver will do on the touchline during Party's absence? John Carver uh, will be taking Party's place uh, for three matches. Uh, actually, for all seven, but <laughs> effectively for three, uh, as Party won't be allowed in the stadium for the first three. So, how do you think he's going to do?
0: I think that he's going to do just fine. Um, I think that within the first 10 minutes of the Fulham match, he's just going to walk straight up to McGath and punch him in the nose.
1: (laughs) We haven't really taken taken the violence uh, potential down very much, have we?
0: (laughs) I mean, I I just think he's going to get stuck in, and, uh, (coughs) you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I I think that by the end of the Fulham match, we have have a desperate call out to... Oh, who's, who's... Who's the name I'm thinking? Um, Peter... Joe,
1: Joe <laughs> No. Aren't you glad he's no longer with the club? Because what would the rumors be if he was still director of football and this
0: happened? Oh, wow. That would be so terrible.
1: Uh, how do you think John Carver's going to do, Callum? I, th- I think you'll do all right.
2: Um, well, against, against Fulham, you, you should do all right. But then I think it's, <laughs> it's Evan... I think that I think that will be a struggle for them but it will be a struggle for Jude too so I don't think it makes too much of a difference either way.
1: Yeah, I don't not think it's going to make much of a difference. The, the biggest difference that it'll make is if uh if Newcastle come out of the second half after having a good first half and they continue to have a good second half then everybody will say oh that's just proof that Pardieu can't do team talks, you know. Uh,
0: well, because that's perfectly what's going to yeah. happen. I mean, if if we're in a good position at halftime then I will feel optimistic because he has no access to, to the club. <laughs> what, what's Beersley. everybody
1: going to say when they come out? Oh, Peter Beersley, I see. That's the I, name I, I was going for. <laughs> I, I heard some rumblings that Andy Woodman would be sort of partners with John Carver, but um, I think it's Carver all the way. I mean, um,
0: let's be honest, isn't, isn't that like just putting a WWE tag team in charge <laughs> 'Cause Woodman's had his share of the uh, little sideline confrontations as well.
1: They could probably find a, a wrestling mask, an NUFC wrestling mask on the team shop. Um, that that in UFC at NUFC could tweet about during uh during halftime of the night.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's right. Big big news over over the last week. The the official Twitter account of Newcastle United is no longer at NUFC official. It's just plain at NUFC, so... Uh...
1: Well, isn't that the most ridiculous article you ever saw on the team website? This will be a much improved service. Um, you changed <laughs> your name. You're still going to advertise for the Newcastle United gnome after a loss, you know? like, And the onesie and everything else. It's just
0: have a onesie,
1: Callum.
2: Do you own a Newcastle United onesie? No, I haven't, I hope... I haven't bought anything from a club shop in years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in years, he says. How old are you, Callum? Seventeen.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, the last thing I bought was <laughs> a shirt, but it was 2011, I think. So yeah,
1: 11. What was that? The? Uh, Would you get the solid blue strip?
2: No, um, I I got one with Rugger Trummer back.
1: Ah, okay.
2: I mean, it, 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 it's tough now when you think about it, because he's at Rotherham or somewhere, and he's not going to be very good. But <laughs> yeah. if the time it felt right, I still I believe be, in him. Speaking of him.
0: that fella, he uh, scored a goal and completely annihilated my MK Don's team um,
1: <laughs> oh. towards oh. the end of the season. League one.
0: Okay. Also, uh, James Tavernier. Tavernier, tavernier, however you're supposed to say that. What is the official on that? Do you know, Callum? I haven't got a clue. I'm... All right. <laughs> but he was playing right back for Rotherham. I've heard world.
1: announcers say Tavernier, but they also say Martinez. So, I mean...
0: <laughs> oh, pronunciation. You're such a, a fickle, yeah. fickle thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, conclusion is that this Pardue Carver thing doesn't mean anything, we think. It'll be fun to watch, especially if they do uh, happen to put two good halves together. Um, what will the reaction from the fan base be? But, um, I think this is going to be a, a footnote that we've all forgotten about by the time you know, next season rolls around. <clears throat> okay, uh, two predictions for this weekend. Do you want me to save these for later when we talk about Fulham or go ahead and get into
0: them? I suppose we could get to them later. Uh, just okay. make a note and we'll go back okay. to him. Sure. It's that way, there's not a big non secateur. And that kind of dovetails things real nicely here. Because, um, okay. as as you mentioned, Alan Pardew has had his sentencing from the FA about um, headbutt gate, uh, with all due apology mm-hmm. to you, yeah. Robert. Um, Three match stadium ban, four match touchline ban, which essentially, I mean, I think the putting it in slightly different words basically just turns into a three match ban because he can be completely involved. Uh, I guess maybe he can't speak to the club at halftime, maybe in the touchline ban. But I mean, essentially, it's just a, a three complete game ban during matches, as I understand it. So, um, it seems well, it
1: gets him away from the fourth official, <laughs> it gets him <them> away <laughs> from the. The guy's making the throw-ins, you know. <clears throat> I think the fine is maybe the headline almost because he'd already been fined hundred grand by Newcastle and then they threw 60000 more on top of that. Um,
0: kind of a yeah, little I mean, uh, stick in the side, I guess. $160,000 pounds, pounds really seems like a pretty hefty fine altogether for, for what actually occurred. Sure. Um, do you have anything to add on on the headbutt situation, Alan Pardu here, Callum, or should we just uh, move on?
2: Everything everything's been said since it since it happened. Yeah. There's nothing more to add. I yeah. mean, when when you look at it, it was it, it's barely anything. He just he literally just moved his head forward. Yeah, it's it's been totally blown out of proportion. But, I mean, it it is a huge fame considering what others get. Like, don't you if I charge eighty thousand pound for racism? chanting or anything like that which um (laughs) it's just it's 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 ludicrous the final he's got off us and vfa i don't agree with that
0: well and i mean the the fact that to the best of my knowledge david myler has gotten off completely scot-free even though as a player he shoved an opposing manager multiple times i mean i don't want to i don't want to Make out that Alan Pardee is somehow wronged in this situation. He was completely wrong, and he deserves punishment. I mean, let's just Brian. flat out accept that. But um, there, there were two wrongs in <coughs> parties in this situation. So and he
1: got a yellow, I guess. That's is it. Is it sort of the uh, the Nigel De Jong situation where the referee says, "Well, I saw what happens, and I put it in my report, so now nothing can be done about it." Um, which I believe was also what they said about Callum McManaman.
0: But, that is um, correct. One of the linespersons saw kind of the the situation, so they couldn't do anything, they said.
1: Well, um, I'll just say one really quick thing. I think the seven-match ban um, makes sense in, if they want the story to go away, like we said. Well, last week I said I think the ten-match ban would be the best way for that, but as, as I thought about it, I said, you know, um, after seven matches, there will be three left in the season. And he'll be able to return to the pitch. And um, they'll have this... The The story will come back because they'll say... Uh, the media will say, Alan Party returns to the touchline for the first time since headbutting David Meyer. Um And so that'll sort of revive the story for a bit. And then it'll go away. And then this summer, there's not going to be any of those party returns to the touchline sort of stories. Right. Um, it'll be business as usual. So I think that's probably in terms of not rehashing the story several times over, that's probably the right length of band from the FA.
0: Fair enough. So, uh, Newcastle's reserves, moving on, lost to Chelsea in the FA Youth Cup, and that's really not necessarily newsworthy. I I think you could probably just, in a vacuum, expect that that probably was going to be the case. Um, But the the big story to come from that, I don't know if you guys saw the video of this, but Olivier Kamen scored the most brilliant Hand of God goal, <laughs> probably since Maradona himself in in this match. Did you guys see the video of this? Did, did you see it, Robert?
1: No, I have not. Um, is it on YouTube? Um I'll keep
0: the yeah, volume on over here. I'll just watch it. Up.
1: I'll turn the volume
0: off. Had you seen this, Callum?
2: Yeah. Oh, I saw it last night, and I just couldn't stop laughing at it, it was It's one of the best things I've seen <laughs> uh,
0: youtube i mean it, it's right it's so so blatant I mean <laughs> at least Maradona's his head was like kind of up close to his head. I mean Cayman is doing a full Superman and punches the ball into the net off of the off of the Chelsea goalkeeper. <laughs> I don't know how it got missed, but uh... wait—they—they
1: they didn't call it back. It was no, no, it counted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm,
2: tra- I'm trying to find the But it's—it is on YouTube, and it's one of the greatest things you'll ever watch a Newcastle player do. It's especially because on YouTube, it's got the um, Chelsea TV commentator, and the Chelsea TV commentator will not shut up about it. It's, <laughs> he's... You, Yet yeah, he have a rage in his voice every time Keeman touches a ball?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, this is going to show me the entire highlights. This
0: <laughs> yeah, so those of you guys out there listening that, that haven't seen this, um, look this thing up because it will be the absolute best thing. What, that... what
1: number is he wearing? Is he number 11? What number is
2: he? I'm not sure. I, I think it might be 18, but I don't know if I'm just okay. that out of my head. or
1: <clears throat> Adam Armstrong scored in this game, by the way. I didn't see the highlight, but I heard about it. Oh, there's a did you case. see it? <laughs> Hold on, let's get a replay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the goalkeeper <is> so pissed. <laughs> ah, he's red. <laughs> His face is so red. Oh, this is great.
0: You can see it after it goes in and they're, they're all <laughs> headed back to the center circle. The, the Chelsea goalkeeper is like, hey, hey, ref.
1: It just over and that. over,
0: and ref's not having any of it, But
1: He's playing volleyball out there. Yeah, he's number eight. <coughs> string <Just coughs> <turn> your bell. <laughs>
0: just incredible stuff. Uh, incredible where's Wallace at
1: Okay. They even credited him with the goal, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> Like, they could just pretend that he didn't touch it and give it to whoever that was taking a free pick.
0: <laughs> or, I mean, it came off the, the Chelsea keeper's arm, I think. It hit him in a shoulder, yeah. as I recollect. But you could have charged it as a known goal, and then, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, if, if you need a good laugh and you need your day brightened, uh, there is your moment of zen for um, Newcastle yes, United today. There's a moment of zen. it's great. <laughs> so yeah I just wanted to make sure that didn't go by without being oh. noticed because it was spectacular
2: I've, I've just watched it there again and, oh my god I wish someone on the first team would do that
0: it would be amazing
1: I wish I'd have known about this earlier I'm going to put this up on the blog later today I
0: because mean, I think it's gonna, more people
1: should see this
0: it's got to be Mike Williamson yeah. right if, if we we're going to pick somebody <laughs> from, from the team to do that because I mean, yeah, the the get get Williamson to Brazil crowd would just go nuts. <laughs> oh goodness! I mean, are you kidding? If he did that and the World Cup being in South America, I mean, it just writes yeah. itself. That's
1: true. That's true. Man, oh, so yeah, great. I love it. Olivia, um, he's my new from
0: <laughs> from the the lofty heights of of that moment. uh I guess we should bring it back down to earth a little bit, and I will kind of turn over the lead here to, to you, Robert, on, on this uh, loic Remy interview.
1: Uh, loic Remy gave an interview yesterday that quickly made, it, made the rounds because of uh, one or two things that he said. Um, I believe this was an interview with a French, uh, French newspaper? French? I don't know exactly who it was. I should have looked this up. Um, do you know, Calvin?
2: it was with France football
1: France football. okay um, I was thinking uh, okay doesn't matter um, okay so um, he he talked a bit about his trial situation which as we know the charges were dismissed against him and so he sort of uh, expressed his relief about that and then things turned to football because um, he was talking about how he ended up at QPR which um, in this version of the story, there's no FIFA being played, but because uh, that was the original story that he was playing FIFA with, who was it? Mark Hughes.
0: Tony <laughs> Fernandez. Yeah,
1: and uh, not Mark Hughes. Um, but, and that's how he was. That's how he was convinced to sign for PPR. Um as if it had nothing to do with all the money that he's that he got from that contract. Uh, But anyway, he says, one day I will be part of a European top five club or a very big club. I know what I can do. I can still be much better. I have a huge margin to go on improving. And then he sort of uh, gives his statistics as far as the number of goals he scored and everything else. So um, I think there was a little bit of an outcry from certain corners of the fandom who were saying, um, who were demanding loyalty and, and so forth. So, uh, I was interested to get your reaction, both of you, but let's start with Carol. What, what do you think about René's comments?
2: Well, they're, they're totally understandable. What player does want to play for? A top club. But uh, I, do, I don't think he's good enough to play for one of the top five. But he could certainly do better than Newcastle. Like maybe he could go to an Arsenal, Liverpool, or Spurs or somewhere like that. But if he's talking about going to Barcelona or Real Madrid, he's, he's got no chance there. I mean, he's good, but he's not that level. He wouldn't be an elite striker like David Villa would be or Pedro. I don't want to say Messi because Messi's just a one-off, so comparing yeah. to him is just pointless.
1: Yeah. Um, do you think, I-, I think most of us are in the same boat, we don't really think that he's probably going to stay, but do you think there's a chance that he does after the end of the season?
2: Um, no, I've, I, for me, he's just going to go back to QBR for a bit. Then he'll go to Arsenal. I'm ninety-nine percent certain i he'll go to Arsenal. Just in my head, he's already in an Arsenal shirt.
1: Oh,
2: and he's so he's so perfectly suited for them, and he's just a player that Arsenal awesome think I would like.
1: Uh, what are your thoughts, Jim?
0: You know, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't heard the words of what what was it that he said? Someday, I'd like to play. for One a day, I will be a yeah, part one of day. A European. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's a, a tempest in a teacup, then, isn't it? I mean, because he didn't say this summer I would like to move to, or you know, before the season's out I'd like to cancel my loan and and go somewhere. You know, I'd not that that could happen, but I mean, it, it's a non-story. I, I think and we'll we'll talk about him again here in a minute, but uh, you know, he he's not going to be in black and white next season, I don't think. So, I mean, score lots of goals, Loic, between here and there, and not enough to get us into Europe because we don't want that uh, as a club, and uh, thanks is kind of (laughs) where I come down on that one. Yeah,
1: I've sort of been rooting against QPR just because I feel like if they get promoted again, he's automatically back. But even if they don't make it, He's just going to go to the highest bidder, isn't he? They're just going to sell him to... Um, they've they've used the season at Newcastle to sort of boost his profile, and um, then this summer it'll be a bidding war, and Newcastle will have little to do with it.
0: There, there's no evidence that that is going to be kind of what happens. I mean, certainly not in Loic Remy's dealings um, in, in recent history. He doesn't chase the money. And you add yeah. in... Uh, that, I
1: meant from QPR's perspective, though. Well, I, I mean, was going
0: to say, you add in that fine fella in the form of Harry Redknapp, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, It's pretty easy to, to figure that one out, so... There's not
1: going to be a discount for Newcastle in it. Um.
0: <laughs> we just need to ask Harry if, if there's some kind of release clause in the contract, because <laughs> he, he's an expert on those kind of things.
1: Wouldn't that be poetic, though, if he did have one...
0: Poetic would have been if there was one and Alan Pardew had started spouting off about it three months ago. Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, I'll throw it back to you.
0: Uh, You know, we're going to talk about the possibility of... Actually, let's do this first um, and kind of reshape this because it's all going to kind of morph around into itself here. Uh, We had a closed-door friendly... For the under-21s against a Gateshead 11, um, I believe it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I'd just like to throw out the names that were involved with this, because a lot of them, you know, this is our under-21 squad, so they should be names that you're more familiar with than some of the names that we're going to get into after that. Um, But the starting 11 for the under-21s were Jonathan Mitchell, James Morgan, Remy Street, who is getting his first action at all in any squad since the, the vicious attack that he suffered by Willie Um, Callum Roberts, Kyle Cameron, Michael Richardson, Gail Biggie Romana is still in his little um, get well, what rehabilitation stint, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, Steve Logan. Brandon Mealy, is that how you say it? I guess. Um, Callum I Roberts and Tom Herdman. So, um, I,
1: I noticed just now that you have Callum Roberts listed twice, and I'm trying to figure out who you've left off.
0: Oh, I just copied and pasted from from an article.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the way it's listed on the in UFC site. So somebody got left out.
0: <laughs> but my point is uh-huh. that outside of Remy Street and and Gail Biggarimana, Probably the most noticeable name on that sheet is Michael Richardson. And
1: um, um, Miele or Miele or however you say his name is sort of one of those that we talk about once in a while as well.
0: I, I guess the question then would become Am I being too harsh on this group of under 21s or are they really a group that just seems like a, a lost generation? Um, I guess. That's kind of more of a, ca- a question for Callum.
2: Um, look, well, just looking at them, I'm, I only re- I only really recognise um, re- Remy and Street. I mean, Remy Street and Gear Big Ramana. But apart from that, I don't think any of them have got a chance at Newcastle. I'm, if if the Miranda Twenty Ones, everyone should have heard of them, and they should be making sporadic appearances on the bench. But apart from Biggie Ramana, I mean, none of them have um, really done anything with the first team. I mean, Remy Street was on a bench once, but apart from that, apart from that one appearance on the bench, I just can't see any of these doing anything.
0: Yeah, I think that was my feeling too, and I think it's telling the the likes of Adam Armstrong are getting on the bench um, for whatever reason as as a reward or or whatever. But um, you know, you're well. Saying... They were
1: they were also doing the youth cup at the same time, so it's it's a sort of a split squad, isn't it? I mean what you're saying you you wish Armstrong had played in this match
0: no 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 i'm i'm saying oh. the the these kids that are in the under 21 squad and uh-huh. i guess as a, a closed door friendly against said, it's maybe not um necessarily the first team i don't know um but you know these are being completely passed over sometimes in in order to get some of the u18s on yeah, on the senior bench, and yeah. I think my view is very similar to what Callum said in that you know these under twenty one guys they should be you know pushing for spots in in the senior squad and at the very least making bench appearances like like he had said.
2: I'm I'm, I'm looking looking at the team: James Morgan, Callum Roberts, Kyle Cameron, and Tom Herman. I've never heard of them until they've just been mentioned right out right now. I've I'm I've never heard of any of them, I'm, I'm trying to think who all to, or if I've played against them at Sunday league level, but there's none.
1: Um, Michael Richardson, I think he's the ginger, isn't he, Calum?
2: Yeah, um, I think he was at Accordance County <laughs> last season.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was on loan there and he went with the with the uh, reserves to the Hong Kong tournament over the summer, yeah. as well as Mele, I believe, however we're going to pronounce his name. Uh, we need a ruling on that, I think. Um, I think those guys. I, I, I don't know. I I think maybe you are maybe maybe being a little harsh. I don't know. Um, I, as you said, it's it's a it's a closed door friendly against Gateshead. I'm not sure that they're trying to put together their best eleven. Um, maybe they they want to see what these guys can do. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I think your point stands that you know, sort sort of hammered on this a little bit last week. The lost generation. They got the Got two or three or four years in there where the the picking's pretty slim. We've got we've got some under 16, under 17 guys that we'll talk about in a minute that um, that are coming up. That those are names that we know, but there's sort of that gap in there um, between sort of the the Jane, Shane Ferguson generation and and the the one coming up now. It's just sort of. Guys that when they turn twenty one they say well it 's not like keeping him around because we've got to keep him under contract um so no thanks
2: um, we we all do still believe in big not we? oh yeah, yeah,
1: oh,
2: yeah. I'm just me and sure, yeah,
1: yeah, I was sort of excluding him from the conversation i uh I love him, I think he's so great i'm I'm I just, but, oh, sorry, no, if I just we ever really, sell toyote, I feel like we we're we've got a ready made replacement, you know yeah
0: i just feel i mean i, I really do and, and it, it's more of a thing over here in the united states with baseball um when you get a senior team member hurt then as they're coming back a lot of times you'll send them down into the, the lower leagues to do what's mm-hmm. called a rehab assignment and i really view what's happening with biggie ramana in in this u21 thing as that so i i for purposes of this discussion i don't even i don't even register biggie
1: you look at the you look at the benches that we've been putting out the last few games, and there's no reason that if he's healthy, Peter shouldn't be on that list. Um, we've got some guys on there that uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe I've gotten Dan Gosling too much, but it's it's like what is he doing? <laughs> um, so
0: good old Dan Gosling. Yeah, I just I you're talking about a, a period of several years. I mean the Vukic's and. Um, the adam campbells who are on the verge of flaming out uh you know i just i mean if you were to go outside of the senior squad and if i ask you name two strikers in our reserves and below who are going to make an impact for newcastle united what two names are you going to pick robert
1: i guess you have to go with the two adams right campbell and armstrong um but is your point that there isn't two?
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I have two in my head, but um, how about you, Callum? If you're picking two strikers from the reserves and below that are going to make an impact for for Newcastle, who are they going to be?
2: With two Adams again?
0: I guess I've already given up on Adam Campbell a little bit. Um, I'm thinking Adam Armstrong and Jonathan Quinn, both oh, guys Quinn. playing okay. in the U18s right now. But, um, you know, the The point is, kind of, that we're getting into the even with Adam Campbell. He's is he even twenty one yet?
1: No, not even close. I think he's nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's a. Well, how old how old is Andy Carroll these days? Is he twenty five?
1: Twenty four, 26, somewhere in there.
0: And then, um, if Nile Ranger was still a thing. <laughs> He'd be, what, 23 now? 22,
1: 23, something like that. Andy Carroll is 25.
0: 25. So let's go from him because, uh, you know, <coughs> Nile Ranger flaked out and whatever. But we're going from Andy Carroll at 25 years old, and our next viable striker, even if, I mean, if he pans out, is Adam Campbell, who is six years younger. It's just, I mean, we, we've lost so many players through that. Um we got a lot to get through so I'm going to go ahead and cuz this is a very interesting dis- discussion but it's one that we'll probably have to table for maybe the off season to dig I into I think it's
1: something. interesting if you look on the Newcastle United site and look at the reserve team there's one player that's listed as a forward
0: and that's Adam Campbell um <laughs> I mean there's no
1: other forward listed
0: <laughs> they they're not listing Harris Vukic as a as a uh, he's anyone? he's
1: not listed, I assume, because he's on loan. Ah, makes
0: and, sense. Uh, he might or they've already be, sold him; we just don't know.
1: He might even be listed on the first team page.
0: Oh, that's yeah. probably right. Yeah, he's on what? the
1: first team page.
0: Yeah, he is. They, the they
1: call him a midfielder. He's sort of an attacking midfielder, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Um, getting back to the the young kids, Adam Armstrong, who scores lots of goals, and um, Freddie Woodman, who is the the goalkeeping coaches is that andy woodman mm-hmm. his son um are going to the czech republic for a, an elite u17 tournament with england uh, this month and um, uh, these are two of the the bright stars in the academy right now uh, both playing at levels above their their age um, and representing england at, at a very consistent rate at the U-17 level. Um, I think you had some some numbers about Adam Armstrong, isn't that right, Rob? Yeah, I
1: thought, I thought um, that you guys would be interested to know that it, he's been called up to the England U-17s, has six caps for them, and in those six caps, seven goals, um, which I thought I didn't realize until I looked him up how well he's been doing at that level. Um, and so that'll that'll be fun to watch. This is the the elites level. Um, it's sort of they have it's like they have two group rounds in the U17 Euros. This is the second group round, and they've got to win their group to advance. They'll be a win group with Italy, Czech Republic, and Albania. And the match dates for that are March 26th, 28th, and 31st. Um, so that'll be something fun to watch because it it looks like. Woodman might even be the preferred uh, with a preferred keeper. So that would be um, especially fun to watch to, to see how those guys do on that on that stage.
0: I guess in, in the international view of things, I, I wonder, Callum, are either of these kids registering so far as people's considerations in, in the England setup? I mean, are people excited about them coming through or is it not necessarily something that people are registering at this point?
2: Um, I'm not sure because obviously, with living in Newcastle, I'm not, I'm not sure what the feeling is down south about Adam Armstrong and Freddie Woodman. But um, the, the FAA, like at senior levels, must be looking at Adam Armstrong and pencil penciling him in for the future. Because if you score scoring goals like at that level, there must be the hope above in the under 21 setup, in the senior setup, that eventually he can come through and do it for the senior team as well. But it wouldn't surprise us if he did get an under-21 cap this year, just in 2014, because the rate the rate the rate at which he scoring goals is ridiculous. Yeah. Even even if it is like a low level, so to speak, like under-21s and under-18s, if you are scoring goals, the goals there in the same position at every level. So yeah. I mean, it it would be a punt to put him in an under-21 squad, but it's you you can't say it because he will he just scores goals for fun, in I'm hoping that Alan Podju does give Messina appearance towards the end of the season as well.
1: Yeah, I looks guess. like it won't be soon because he'll be training for that tournament. But uh,
0: yeah, the
1: end of the season—if there's nothing to play for, why not?
0: You know. <laughs> so every every match between here and the end of the season.
1: <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I, I won't even argue that.
0: Yeah, so that that's cool. Um, it, it's not all doom and gloom, but again, we're looking at 16, 17-year-olds as the salvation of the the academy, um, but at least they're there, and uh, both local kids, um, both English, uh, so we know that, that uh, that's a big consideration when um, considering suitability for the Premier League. So... Um, Cool. I hope they go and perform really well, and I guess we're penciling Adam Armstrong in for the, what would it be, 2016 Olympic squad for for England. Um, Let's dream big. Or, or, Or Team GB. Please turn the cassette over to side two to continue. Nah, I'm just playing. The next discussion goes on for quite a long time, so we've decided to split this up. This is part one of two in episode 27 of Coming Home Podcast, so look for the second part coming your way through the iTunes on Friday. Thank you for listening.